Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, your host for this podcast and the global community that has rallied around it. During this episode, we spent time with a serial entrepreneur who lost it all due to bankruptcy and found his calling in leading a global movement to teach others how to embrace failure to achieve success. Miha Matlevetsky is the CEO of Operation Firehouse and known worldwide as the Fail Coach. While together, Miha shared his very personal story of loss, despair, and his inspiring comeback that has now positioned him to help thousands of leaders around the world to better understand and embrace failure as part of the process in achieving success. Because of Miha's passion and servant leadership to help us better understand and embrace failure, I'm confident his inspiring mission will help you think anew as we continue to work together to move the health of our industry and nation forward. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Miha, welcome to our podcast and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Well, Mike, it's a huge pleasure to be invited to be your guest. So thank you for the opportunity. Well, Miha, I am so excited to hear your story to better understand your passion of embracing failure to achieve success and how this mindset has helped you reach great heights and more importantly, has helped many others across the world to do the same. But before we dive into your inspiring work, Miha, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and interact with the global ecosystem. If you're listening to this episode via our online community, thank you for being with us. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Miha, it's almost time for our community to learn how the fail coach was born. But first, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community can get to know you. Randomly select one of three questions here. All right. What is one thing that you love to do outside of your daily work? What is one hobby or one thing you love to do? Oh, wow. Now, this is the perfect question. I mean, I have many things that I love to do, but I would say that the one thing I'm most dedicated to and most passionate about is the work that I do with animals, with saving, rescuing animals. I mean, I do hope that there will be time in the future when I'm not needed anymore. But until that time, I'm doing the best I can to save as many as I can. Okay, so the follow-up question is, where are you doing this work? And then the follow-up question to that is, what is your favorite animal? So where are you doing this work in the world? So currently, I'm doing this in Eastern Europe, in the Balkan area, specifically countries like Serbia, Macedonia, Bosnia, and so on. But my plans are much bigger and much higher than just that. And I'm working towards a nonprofit, my own nonprofit, and working towards being able to help animals all around the globe. And again, what's your favorite animal? Well, that's my little angel who really helped me a lot on my journey to becoming a fail coach. And that's my dog, Happy. 
So dogs are kind of like a favorite, but I don't like to say that because I really, truly love all animals. But if I have to choose, then definitely my dog, Happy. Well, that's my guardian angel. Oh, that's adorable. I love it. Well, give her a big hug for us over here from our podcast to her. So thank you for sharing that. So Miha, wow, we have a lot of great things to cover today. I was so fortunate to learn about your work because I firmly also believe that failing is part of innovation. Failing is part of achieving success. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Before we dive into your work as the fail coach, let's go back a bit. You have an unbelievable story and a history history. As a teenager and as a young man, you were a multimillionaire. You achieved great success and then lost it all. And then now here you are helping others really continue to think through how to embrace failure. But why don't you share with us, Miha, take us back to those moments. Take us back to how, even before you knew it, that the fail coach was born. Take us back and give us that history lesson. Yes, absolutely, Mike. So I don't want to bore you too much with the early details. But the thing was that I dropped out of high school when I was 17. My father had a really small family business. I joined the company, was more or less son by occupation. And life was good. I was young. I had a lot of time and money to party and not much to do at the company. But then, unfortunately, my father suddenly died. One day he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Three weeks later, he was dead. And as an only child, I don't want to take over the company without really knowing or understanding how business works. And that's where my entrepreneurial journey began. And very soon the company was close to bankruptcy. But, you know, sometimes in life, you're lucky, you find a solution. And so two financial guys approached me. They saw something in me that I'm really good in creating relationships and doing the sales in a very unsalesy way. That hence my strategy that I call the leverage of trust. And they decided that they will put some money into the company. They'll take over the management. I had nothing, but the only option for me was to either say yes or go bankrupt. And since it was my father's company, I didn't want it to go bankrupt. So I said yes. And in the beginning, everything was great. The company started doing 100, 150% more in monthly revenue month to month. So very shortly, we were out of debt. We were really doing well. My life was back to somewhat normal. I had the pleasure to live a very Kardashian-style life back then. Nice trips, the five-star plus hotels and Michelin three-star restaurants and so on. And I became creative. I started seeing problems everywhere and potential solutions to problems. But because this company, they took over the majority share, these new partners, I said, well, you know, how hard it can be to run your own company. I mean, look at me. I'm great. I'm doing this amazing sales. The company is blooming. I didn't really understand and saw the value that they are bringing to the table in terms of running the company. So my my new ideas, I said, well, I'm going to make new companies, my own companies, and I'm going to run them. And so I started creating new companies in different industries from renewable energy to real estate investments and so on. And in the beginning, everything was great, not just fine, but really great. It was 
2005, 6, 7, you know, those years are very similar to what we saw now in 2018 and 19. Everything was just booming, real estate's rising, shares going up, people buying everything like crazy. And in those times, you don't really need much of foundations in place. So if you're good in marketing and sales, you can really wing it when the times are good. And that's what I was doing. So I took all of my companies to seven, multiple seven, eight, multiple eight figures without any strong foundations. And then, you know, 2008 in, in the US, 2009 in European Union, the last recession, the last crisis hit. And my companies were basically like that first house from the Three Little Pigs story, you know, made out of hay. And so when the first wind of crisis came, it was all blown away. It was actually Monday, December 7, 2009. I got a call from the bank. They decided to close my real estate project. We were maybe one third into building it. But the prices of real estate dropped so significantly, it wouldn't be viable at all. I mean, you wouldn't even come out with a zero. It would be a huge minus. And so the bank said, better stop it right now than giving you even more money to finish the whole project. And so all my other companies were connected with that. I co-signed a whole lot of things personally. Things are a little bit different when it comes to this in Europe than they are in the U.S., in Europe, you are much more involved into repayment and when the bank says we want out. So it's much harder to back out and they can go after all your assets. They can go after all your bank accounts and everything. And so the whole thing facts happened in just one single day, that Monday and on Tuesday, this domino effect happened where all my other companies went bankrupt because the bank took the money away from them. I wasn't able to pay suppliers, employees, taxes. I was liable personally for a whole lot of that. So what happened was I lost everything. I lost all my companies. I lost all my assets. And on top of that, I ended up $5 million in personal debt and not just to one bank, but to what felt like half of the country, to my ex-employees, to suppliers and so on, because I was personally held liable for those payments. And so because of certain laws, at least at that time in Europe, I wasn't able to do a personal bankruptcy. And so you can imagine every morning I would wake up to phone calls from people I owed money to, to companies I owed money to. And just from the start of the morning, I would go into huge depression. I was under permanent anxiety, permanent stress. I started getting a lot of personal threats, what they will do to me if I don't pay that money. And I really believe that they will do all of that. So I was afraid to even go outside, to even go to a supermarket. Like, you know, who can I meet there and what will happen if I meet them and so on. So it was a very dark, dark, dark time. And as the weeks went by, that darkness started feeling me in from within completely. And suddenly I started looking at the future as this is it. This is for the rest of our lives. This is how the life will be. No money, no nothing, no 
light on the other side of the tunnel. And that's where I stopped having any idea that I can get myself out of this situation where, where I found myself. I also got divorced. I lost most of my friends because I was borrowing money from them to try and make patching things up and so on. So it was really difficult time being just all alone in the whole wide world thinking like, how did I get myself into this? Blaming the government, blaming the recession, blaming the banks, blaming literally anything outside of me. And this is a very important thing because during times like that, it's so easy to find blame outside of you. You know, it's not me, it's the recession. It's not me, it's the bank. It's not me, it's the government not doing anything about it. But what that does is puts you in a passive position where you can't do anything until they do something. And so slowly I was, you know, giving up on any hope, giving up on any dreams and so on until I reached the point where I started asking myself, well, what's the point of going on? What's the point of continuing life like this? The thing was that my head was like a nuclear reactor waiting to burst open to, for a huge explosion to happen because everything was, you know, happening in my head, the overthinking, going to the past, not seeing the future, thinking about this dark future and so on. The phone calls, this, that, it was just too much. And all I wanted was just a little bit of peace and silence. And I wasn't able to get that. And so that was what draw me to the point where one evening, I got a notice during the day from the bank that was in the spring of 2010. I got notice that they will take away my apartment as well. So the last thing that I still had. And I was sitting in the evening, I was sitting on the balcony and suddenly I, I still don't know what got into me. It's still very blurry that particular moment, but I just stood up and climbed over the fence of the balcony. And so here I am on the other side of the fence, holding myself with just one hand, the left hand, and I was already hanging, you know, like inclined over the edge. And as I was looking down, now I was on the fifth floor. You know, if you're on the 20th floor, you jump, you die. It's a no-brainer. And as I was on the fifth floor, I was looking down. And at that moment, a thought came through my head, which was, am I going to do this right? Or will I just end up on a wheelchair? Because that was not a solution for me. That would not quiet my head down. And as I said that to myself, it's almost like Miha split into two Mihas. And this, there's this one Miha yelling at the other Miha. And that actually happened out loud so that my neighbors also heard me. And I just started yelling. I used a lot of juicy words, and I'm not going to repeat that here on your podcast. But it was all along the lines, you know, why did you have to go into that project? Why didn't you hire a better lawyer? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? You, you, you. It was for the first time that... I actually took blame for everything that happened to me. Not the recession, not the banks, not the government, me and my stupid decisions, me and not laying down foundations, me not learning the things that I didn't know, me not hiring experts and so on. It was all on me. And at that moment, Miha, you know, I was studying your work and it was so fascinating to see some of your quotes around exactly this moment. You said, uh, quote, suddenly I felt enlightened. 
and finally stopped blaming others for my shortcomings, I could even imagine the prospect of starting anew. When I read that, Miha, that was so profound that in that moment that it just completely flipped and had a 180 for you and your mindset moving forward. Unbelievable and incredibly profound, Miha. Thank you for sharing that. And it really has made an impression on me to hear that and to understand of taking ownership is one of the things that we must do and embrace that in order to move forward. Yes, absolutely. I call that moment my moment of extreme ownership. Even the things that weren't completely in my control, completely my fault, I just took ownership of everything. And it changed my view. Like the next thought that came into my head was, well, you know what? I already did it once. And with all those mistakes, I was able to create these companies and took them to seven and eight figures. My personal network before my collapse was around 15 million US. If I did that with all those mistakes, imagine what I can do if I change, if I learn, if I grow. And you also mentioned that that was, again, part of your resurrection as well. And I love this, the birth of the fail coach. Can you share with us how that began and why you started committing yourself to being the fail coach? And then let's also talk about what you are experiencing in the marketplace with what you've built around the fail coach. And then, of course, we'll discuss some of the outcomes with some of the folks that you do work with around the world. So talk about that resurrection and the birth of the fail coach. Sure. I mean, birth of the fail coach happened later on. This was just the aha moment where I saw a little ray of light on the other side of a huge tunnel. Now, what happened was I climbed back in. I sat down at my desk. I took out papers and I just started writing all the things that I need to change, all habits that I need to change, what I need to learn, how I need to do things differently. And it just started coming out of me. And then what started was a very long journey. And I really want to emphasize something here. A lot of people think, you know, oh, you had the aha moment and bam, now everything was just going upwards. No, it was a hell of a ride. It was a daily fight between the old Miha, the new Miha, old habits, new habits, giving up, not giving up, all of that. So it took me a few years three and a half years approximately, and then to really do a whole lot of work on myself first, get to know who I am, reinvent myself, and then also on my business development. And then the first thing that I did was actually I started a a startup back in 2014, and I took all the lessons from the past, and I was able to scale that startup from zero to multiple eight figures in revenue in the first year. And then to multiple nine in the second year. And then I stepped down as the CEO. And then I was heading the process of exit through a Fortune 100 competitor. And that's where I was able to, out of that exit, repay all my past debts. And I really went on a long vacation because that's what you do when you make some money. And after a few days, I was so bored of partying and all of that. And I started to go to meetups, different meetups. And people were asking me, how do I do this? How do I do that? You know, they were asking me for advice and it felt so good to be able to help others. And that's where really Failcode started. It was in Lisbon, in Portugal. 
And it came not so much out of me wanting to become a fail coach. It really just happened because people were like, I, we want to learn from your story and we want to learn from you because if you were able to get yourself out of debt, then tell us what we have to do. And, and then the more I was sharing the story, the more I was talking about all things related to failure, I had different aha moments throughout that journey. And finally it came to, we really, like the thing is, anytime we want to achieve something good, something great, whether that's in business or any other, if you are an athlete or, or whatever you are, but you want to be beyond average, you have to push yourself out of the comfort zone. When you're out of the comfort zone, you do things for the first time. Because once you do something for 20 times, it's no longer outside of your comfort zone. It becomes your new comfort zone. And the likelihood of you succeeding on your first try is lower than the likelihood of you actually succeeding. So failure will happen much more than success. And so if we want to reach success, we have to go through a lot of failure. But there's the catch. If that failure gets you in all emotional, negative emotions, negative self-talk, you'll spend days, months, years overthinking that thing. That's why I came up that, wow, we need to develop healthy emotional relationship with failure or healthy relationship with failure because on the road to success we will have to deal with a whole lot of failure a whole lot of trials and error and that's why it's more important to know how to handle failure than to just learn about the success and that's how i came up with well you know what if i want to help people succeed i need to help them how to fail and that's how the fail coach was born. Well, thank you for that, Miha. And thank you for the backstory because it is so powerful. And I know our community will have great benefit from hearing exactly this because we have to be honest. We have to confront failure and understand it is part of the journey to success. You, you said it perfectly. And as you know, Miha, the Passionate Pioneers podcast is now one of the nationally ranked healthcare innovation podcasts here in the United States. And I know you're calling over from Europe, but your message is so needed right now, especially for our healthcare industry. You know, I've given my whole career to this industry, and that is one thing that we are lacking in many ways is embrace failure to get better. Now, I have a couple questions around that for you, but to set the stage, myself as an entrepreneur and living in the entrepreneurial and the startup environment and ecosystem, we embrace failure. We fail fast. We learn. We try new things, break things, and again, try to do rapid cycles of failure to get to success. However, the established healthcare industry or, you know, long-term executives with big organizations they are petrified of failure. They don't talk about it. Everything is always about, quote unquote, winning. How do you engage with or how should executives, especially in big established companies with a culture of not failing, how do you guide them? What do you share with those types of executives to really embrace this movement that you're pushing around the world? Well, I mean, it's a process. I worked in the past with quite a few Fortune 500 companies as a fail coach, because I found somebody, you always need to find somebody in that organization who is daring to think differently, at least a little bit, and who understands not just on outside level, you know, like not just, oh yeah, failure is good, we have to fail, but 
who really internalizes that, yes, we really need to learn how to fail better and how to fail fast and how to fail forward because that will give us that competitive edge that we will be more like entrepreneurial company, not so much as a bureaucratic corporation. But you need somebody in there that's on a high enough position that dares to try a little bit. And then it's really a a long process in getting people being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Often we start those sessions or those things with little things, sometimes with things in their private life because they're maybe a little bit more willing to risk that and not so much in the business. And it's a process of getting people more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And then as you progress through that process, they're more and more and more willing to accept that failure is actually a good thing. Well, and to our community, I think Miha nailed it. One, we have to find those internal champions, the sponsors that get it, that understand it, that are in a position of authority to really move this culture forward within an organization. And then two, it doesn't happen overnight. These things take time. We must understand that, embrace it, and welcome it. But we have to start somewhere. So thank you for sharing that, Miha. Let's also talk about what does the future state look like for this type of mindset, for this kind of culture within business, whether it be small or large. And then also, given how fast the world is changing right now, we're recording this episode during the coronavirus pandemic. So the world is just changing so rapidly on top of all of the change that you're driving with the fail coach and the work there. But what does this look like moving forward within the next couple of years? Are you seeing organizations that are embracing this more, this notion of failure, this notion of a failing forward? Do you see an opportunity for growth around this movement that you've created? Well, Mike, you know how many years ago, I don't know, 20 years ago, there was no sign of emotional intelligence that has any place to do in leadership in corporations. Now, fast forward to a few years ago when that became a huge trend. I feel that what we are doing at Fail Coach and with spreading the message and bringing the awareness to this company, seeing that by implementing the Fail strategy will actually have competitive advantage versus the ones that don't do that, same as, you know, with companies that now embrace the emotional intelligence and leadership are fast forwarding compared to companies that still maintain that old style leadership techniques. And the same will be true for this. So we just have to keep talking about it. We have to find any possible way to talk and bring awareness to that. But it's really failure is the best way for innovation, for progress, for change, for increased productivity, increased profitability, and so on. And it will be a strength if you embrace failure and if you do it in the right way. I'm absolutely positive about that. And on the other note, what I'm also trying to accomplish, that's the second nonprofit. So I want to do two on nonprofits by myself. The second one is Failures Anonymous. And we already did a lot of test runs across Europe with small groups of people talking, sharing. And, you know, like those sessions, they were just absolutely mind-blowingly amazing what aha moments we were able to get there and so on. So that's the second thing, the second nonprofit that I really want to get up and running as soon as possible. Failures Anonymous, 
AA type of thing, small groups all around the world, because the key to embracing failure when it's happening to you is in talking about it, not holding it within yourself. And you need guidance from somebody who is not emotionally involved into what's happening to you, who can, because the healthy relationship with failure is a logical one, not an emotional one. And so you need somebody to help you on that journey as you are overcoming failure as it's happening to you. Oh, I love it. Well, count me in, uh, Miha, in regards to your second nonprofit. And we'll, in a moment, ask you where we can find all of these connectivity points online. But do count me in. I love embracing failure. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. And, and again, to our community that has rallied around this podcast over at PassionatePioneers.com, let's talk about it. This is needed now more than ever for our healthcare industry, especially during these times with this pandemic and watching the need for new innovation, new technologies, new ways of delivering care. And through getting to that other side, we must fail, fail fast, learn from it and keep moving forward to make this industry better, to deliver the better health and care our citizens in this country deserve. So with that also, Miha, let's flip the script a bit. I want to be able to have our community help you. So what is one problem, need, or question that you currently have that our community can contemplate and help you with? Well, in all honesty, the biggest thing that they can help if they would want to is just sharing the story, spreading the word around more opportunities to, to talk about this, opportunities to bring awareness to the mental health that's associated with it, to the failure, to the concept of failure. If they are open or they can find somebody within their organizations if, if they're not yet embracing failure, if they can find a decision maker who's open to just make, an, make a connection, I just truly believe that we need to talk about it more and more and more. And yeah, that would be my greatest ask if they are willing to help. Well, perfect, because you teed me up for the next question then. So where can we find you online to do exactly that? What are some social media handles, websites, or otherwise? Where can we find you online to get a hold of you, Miha? The easiest way, because I'm still the only fail coach in the world, is you just go to Google and in the search bar, you type fail coach. And there's nobody else yet who's branded as the fail coach. So they will find my LinkedIn account, YouTube account, Facebook account, all of that there. And then whichever social media they prefer, they can go to my website, whatever they prefer they can access from there. But yeah, the easiest thing, Google fail coach, and that's it. <laughs> well, that, you just made it very easy for everybody to not fail in finding the fail coach. Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> what we'll also do for our yeah. community over at passionatepioneers.com, our free global online community, we'll have an article for this podcast. Head over there. We'll also include Miha's LinkedIn handle as well, so you can get a hold of him over on LinkedIn. So we'll include his websites as well. But again, very easy. Head to Google, type in two words, fail coach, be able to get a hold of Miha. So thank you for that. All right, we're going to start closing this down, Miha. One of my favorite parts of the podcast is this fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because I've really mastered the art of failing. Wow. I love that. <laughs> that is brilliant. Short and sweet, but so profound. Well, Miha, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your truth. Thank you for sharing all the wonderful work that you're bringing to so many 
around the world. Keep up the great work. Do keep us posted with what's happening within the Fail Coach and the movements that you are creating. But again, thank you for taking time to be with us today on our podcast. Well, Mike, it was a huge pleasure and I really appreciate you for everything that you do for, you know, the community that surrounds you. And I'm really, really grateful that you enabled me to spread the message to your audience as well. So thank you. Thank you for that. It was an honor. Thank you again, Miha. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.